Welcome to another episode of Local First Podcast. Today's guest, Mark Shannon with Supporting Strategies Milwaukee. Welcome to the show, Mark. How are you doing? Hi, good. Thanks. How are you, Rob? I'm doing great. All right. So tell me a little bit about you, um, a little bit about your background, what do you like to do, and what do you do in your spare time? Sure. Yeah. I, uh, I grew up in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Um, went to school at uh, Downstate in Illinois, and then I ended up transferring up to UW-Whitewater. Graduated around 2000 or so, moved to Chicago for 10 years, worked for Bank One and JP Morgan, and then... Uh, Got kind of burned out with living in Chicago, kind of wanted to move back home, and my brother was having some health issues. So I moved back in uh, in about 2010 or so. I started working for GE, and uh, I became the global CFO for their healthcare equipment finance business back in 2014 or so. Um, learned a ton over the past three years or so as they sold off a bunch of businesses, and I had to figure out how to extricate ourselves from a lot of the shared services that we were using from other functions within the company and been uh, been a pretty interesting career track, I think, so far for me. Sounds interesting. Yeah, moved around quite a bit too. Yeah, yeah. I um, I uh, did a lot of international travel the past two years or so, flying back and forth to places like France and Mexico City and China and a few other places, trying to set up little controllership and accounting teams here, there, and everywhere. And did you get to tour around it at least? No, not at all. It was like you know, you see the Eiffel Tower out of the cab window as you're on your way to the the high speed train to go to London, kind of thing. Um, the dinners were usually pretty good though. We got to eat out at pretty good restaurants, but that was probably about the best part of it. Um, but yeah, I uh, I got kind of tired of that. I think after a while and. Um, you know, back in December when they told me they were restructuring and I, I could potentially take a job in healthcare or somewhere else within GE, I just kind of took my package and left and started my own company. So, oh, that's exciting. Yeah. I bought a supporting strategies franchise. So tell, us, tell us a little bit of what you do there. Yeah. So we are an outsourced bookkeeping and controllership level services firm. Um, so when I say that, you know, we, we basically do four things. We, uh, we help people with making sure that they pay their bills on time. We make sure that they pay their people on time and we make sure that they collect their revenue from their customers on time or as fast as they can. Um, and then we also do a month end close process. So when I say month end close, that means we kind of go through account by account on their balance sheet and income statement. And um, in the accounting speak, we substantiate everything. So basically it's like going through and balancing your checkbook, but we do that for everything that's on your income statement or balance sheet. Uh, and then after that's done, we go through a monthly reporting process with the people that we work for. And then, uh, you know, it's sort of like having your own little internal accounting team, but at a fraction of the price of what it would normally cost you if you were to hire people directly to do it. So how did you get into all of this accounting and financing and all that good stuff? What led you to, <laughs> what, what got you into it? I mean, for some people like myself, you know, I, I rather, you know, talk into a mic than, uh, look at numbers all day. Yeah. I, um, I guess I, I I like, I'm a bit of a logic person. I like solving puzzles. That's kind of what I do for fun in my spare time. I, I, uh, I play strategy games with my buddies and, you know, think like Settlers of Catan on steroids kind of stuff. Um, and for me, you know, I, I enjoy solving puzzles and I, I view the business, you know, environment where you're, you're trying to solve complicated issues for people as, as a one big complicated puzzle. Right. So, um, you know, finance is sort of the language of business. And yeah, originally I was a pre-med major back in, uh, you know, my early days of my life. I, uh, I, I, I took a couple psychology courses and I thought it was interesting. And then I took an economics course and an accounting course and it just kind of clicked. And 
rather than go into, you know, organic chemistry and all the other stuff that's <laughs> still logical and fun, I guess, but not really my speed. I, I kind of decided that I'd rather be a finance guy. And okay. you know, early in my career, I think it, it was really rewarding. And I've, I've always kind of enjoyed helping people figure stuff out. It's interesting that you say um, your business as a puzzle and being able to put it together and, and keep it together. Yeah. Because I, I, I look at uh, businesses as a game. Okay. So it's like, I, you know, and I don't get into like too many video games or anything like that, but I look at it as, okay, in order to get here, I got to do this and I got to do this and I, you know, kind of make, have some fun with it, I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's really cool. So what have been some of your biggest challenges, um, on this journey, whether it be with uh, supporting strategies in Milwaukee or throughout your career? I think probably the biggest thing is, is learning, um, how to sell myself. I'm not really somebody who's very rah-rah to begin with. I'm, I'm, you know, disc profiles. I'm like a classic C and D personality type. So I tend to, I tend to be more of an implementer than a, um, than somebody who's going to sit there and, and sell you on how wonderful I am. I think, you know, that in some ways has hurt me throughout my career from time to time. But, you know, the, the nice thing is, is that then people also appreciate it because I, I feel like I'm pretty honest when I say, look, this is a shortcoming. This is something we need to be aware of. Right. And, let's work through it together kind of thing. I, I tend to be more of a partner rather than a, you know, <laughs> this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. You should definitely get it right. Kind of thing. Um, so I think people appreciate that, but it, it also has held me back. I think in some of my other, and you know, that's, that's life. happened to me in my past too, because I have a very similar path of how I work with people. Yeah. And, and I found that sometimes that in, in, I've seen in my sales and stuff too, in the, in the past that uh, trying to help them partner them versus to sell them. And sometimes you, fix their solutions without actually giving them anything or yeah. do anything with it. But it, that's a good trait to have. That's a, you can really build some relationships with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the, one of the biggest things that I've learned over the course of my life and it, it actually, it was advice that I got from my drama teacher back in high school. Um, he said, you know, if somebody hands you a plunger, you become the best darn <laughs> sewer maintenance technician <laughs> ever. Right. Um, and a lot of times people recognize and appreciate that if you're in a good organization and if you're not, then you find out pretty quickly and you move somewhere else. Right. Um, but a lot of times if you're good at what you do, I think, you know, that you find out quickly, like the good organizations will take care of you. No doubt. No doubt. If you could go back in time and start your business or career, what advice would you give your younger self? Um, don't worry so much about the hourly rate that you're getting paid. Worry more about the experiences that you're gaining because experience matters and understanding um, and getting the wisdom of many years of experience in a short period of time is something that's equally valuable, not just the amounts that you get paid in your paycheck, right? Um, a lot of times that can pay dividends down the road and building networks and credibility and personal brand as they like to call it, right? When you talk to a, an HR person, all that kind of stuff kind of matters, whether you're doing a corporate thing or you're doing your own thing and you've got your own business. It's, um, it's one of those things that's really important, right? You want people to trust you and to, especially if you're in a finance or an accounting role, right? You want to make sure that people aren't thinking that you're just kind of there to punch the clock or whatever. You want to be the person who's in the foxhole with them, helping them figure out whatever it is that needs to get sorted through. Very nice. Very nice. So as an expert in your field with finances, what are three to five things that a potential client should know about you and what you do? Um, probably the first is that, um, you know, a client for me is, is going to have to, or want to embrace change and technology. 
Um, so a big part of what supporting strategies does is we marry really good technology with um, really tight processes. So we document everything very, very closely. We make sure that uh, the technology that we're using works well and the advantage of having 60 other franchisees to talk to is, you know, I know that this particular add-in for QuickBooks works well or doesn't work well. I know this bank is having a problem or this one isn't. Um, and having a community of experts that, that that's that big is huge. Um, and so, you know, I, I feel like I need to have a client who I don't have to do a two-point sale of, hey, you have to embrace technology and you have to choose me as your provider. It's much easier for me if it's, hey, you know, I, I realize the world is changing and there's a better way to do stuff. And, you know, not only is that going to benefit my accountant, it's also going to benefit my bottom line because I'm, I'm going to be smarter and faster and better at what I do. And it's not going to take me all Saturday to cut checks, right? That kind of stuff. Um, so that's probably one thing. I mean, what got you here is not going to get you there is sort of the old cliche, but it's very true. Um, so, you know, I always try to make sure that I'm constantly learning and, and understanding what's changing and that kind of thing. Um, I tend to be very engaged, I think, in the changing technology landscape that's out there just because a lot of times what you do in finance, you know, you, you gotta be right. Um, because you're dealing with data and numbers and that kind of stuff, you know, spreadsheets are one way to do things, but there's other ways that are probably more efficient over time. I've seen entire big corporations do everything on spreadsheets and it drove me nuts. <laughs> I used to work off a spreadsheet quite a bit at one of my former employers. I didn't even know how to use a pivot table until I started there. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, yes. that was my daily life. I know. Yeah. It was like, yeah. being in sales, I'm like, there's got to be a better way to track all of this in your sales and your numbers on a spreadsheet. I'm just like, yeah. And change is coming. It's coming fast. I think one of the things not everybody appreciates or realizes is there's is a confluence of technologies that are coming all at once, right? You've got, you hear the buzzwords of internet of things and 5G and all the rest of that. I mean, if you do the research on any of these types of technologies, you realize that the next five to 10 years are gonna be a sea change for a lot of us. 10 years ago, you didn't have an iPhone, right? 20 years ago, I think, you know, Amazon was still sort of a startup and now it's a trillion dollar company, right? Oh, yeah, and we were dial up, beep, beep, Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. 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 I mean, you, you need to understand that the world is changing around us and you can change with it or you can kind of get left behind. And I don't think most people want to get left behind, so. A lot of people are afraid of technology. Yeah. And they, they shy away from it and they don't want to use it. And you're right, they do get left behind. And then when they have to use it, it's a lot harder. It's a shock, yeah. yeah. I've, I've been one to like to try and keep up with as much as I possibly can and how I use it and what I use it for. Yeah. I mean, most of the listeners to your podcast are probably somewhat tech savvy just because of the medium, right? That <laughs> right. we're using here. Um, but you're absolutely right. I think, you know, part of how you handle that is you, you bring in somebody who is somewhat tech savvy, but can also be a bridge between um, the technology and the business side and some of the other, you know, things are a little easier than if you've got a translator effectively. Right. Um, and I think we kind of view ourselves as that sort of entity when we, when we talk about supporting strategies. Nice. So let's go back in the time machine. And when you yeah. thought, wow, I'm making a difference. This means something to me. Tell me a story. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I think I mentioned, I started my career at bank one and JP Morgan, um, really early in my career, I was in corporate, uh, strategy and planning and FP and a, and, um, Probably one of the, the you know, most frustrating things that we had to do on a regular basis was crib 
the press release notes for our CFO so that when she was speaking to the investor analyst community, she'd have everything sort of at her fingertips. And I remember one of the analysts asked a question that we had kind of already thought about ahead of time and we'd prepped her for it. And it felt really good to know, hey, look, I got your back, right? <laughs> We've got everything for you ahead of time. You've, you've got all the intelligence that you would ever need in order to make a you know, good comment or a good decision or whatever. Um, you know, and it was sort of like that in budget reviews and stuff too. And we'd go through and we'd look at how a business was performing. You know, when I was in financial planning and analysis, that was like one of the things that we always prided ourselves on is we were sort of the eyes and ears of the company. And it, it really was important when, you know, the mortgage crisis hit or some of the other things happened throughout the course of the past, you know, 10, 20 years. So. Nice. Very cool story. What are some of your day-to-day -day practices that have contributed to your success or happiness? Um, probably the biggest one I think is just staying abreast of current events. So a lot of times, like, you know, I tend to look at Bloomberg at least once a day when I get up in the morning. Um, and you know, I had no clue what blockchain was probably two years ago. Me neither. Yeah. And now I know what it is. Right. Um, so, so for me, I think hearing some of the buzzwords and that kind of stuff, when you're in Wisconsin, you aren't necessarily bumping into people who are working on that stuff at the bar, right? Yeah. And you aren't going to hear that necessarily around you, but it's good to keep an ear and a finger on the pulse of what's changing out there. So have Canada. you dabbled with cryptocurrency at all I yet? I haven't. I have no interest in it, to be perfectly really? frank. Yeah, yeah. I've been, I, I've been playing around with it. Have you? Yeah. I'm just, it's been like, it's interesting, but um, it's only enough money that I would take to Vegas and be willing to lose yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I get a lot of requests from people on LinkedIn to connect with me that are doing cryptocurrency investing, which is interesting. Um, or accountants who specialize in cryptocurrency, which is also <laughs> peculiar. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting field. I think we're getting to the point now though, where the U S dollar and the ability to pay, make mobile payments and that kind of stuff have gotten to the point where, do you really need a frictionless currency that's a Bitcoin or something like that? I, I scratch my head a little bit. and Maybe I'm just a Luddite. <laughs> I haven't caught up yet. Um, but I think the, the good uses of blockchain are probably more in the logistics field. So it'll be interesting to see how that affects like shipping and that kind of stuff as sure. they start developing that technology a little further. Oh, so, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Nice. So is there any particular book or quote or resource uh, that has guided you through um, your journey? Um, I'm fond of quoting Andy Grove with his only the paranoid survive, right? I, I feel like, I feel like there's always the potential for something to go wrong. You know, the shoe always drops at some point. And, you know, I've kind of seen that time and time again, that the people who aren't prepared for, or don't have a contingency plan for when things go wrong are usually the people that, um, you know, I always feel bad for, right? Like I, I think it's really important to think about, okay, this is a great, great time, right? And where could something potentially go wrong? And maybe that's just me being the finance geek and the <laughs> cynic, right? <laughs> but, you know, there's also a part of me that says, you know, that's where I add value to people too, right? Like I, I try to make sure that, you know, we, we understand where the glass is half full and where it's half empty. You're doing a great job at sales, but hey, by the way, you guys really stink at, you know, your inventory management or something like that. Well, right? Sometimes those people have to hear those tough questions yeah. and, and get that feedback. And, right. um, I've been, I'm like that too, where, especially like on the one-on-ones that we have, you know, just through networking, I've had just this year, uh, through those one-on-ones, 
individuals ask me really tough questions that I haven't really thought. I had to look at myself and what I was doing and going, and I made changes because of it. Yeah. And, and it was, I think that, you know, one of my, one of the things that I am pretty good at is I have an open mind to, to see things and just not, you know, well, they, you're wrong. I'm right. Yeah. Having humility and being somewhat self-aware is really important. I, I ran into a lot of people in my career who didn't have that. And, and to be honest, um, they aren't people I want to work for, uh, and they aren't really people I want to work with. You know, if, if you're always the greatest thing since sliced bread, then maybe, you know, maybe you need to think about that a little bit because everybody has stuff they need to work on, right? There's always room for improvement, always. no matter how good you are. Oh, no uh, doubt. Yeah. No doubt. If you could give yourself some advice or someone advice that's getting started in your field, what nuggets would you share with them? Uh, it's not about the software, as much as we talk about technology, it's not about the software necessarily. It's not about the tool. It's about how you use it. Um, so a lot of times, you know, people will think like this technology is the greatest thing ever. And that's not necessarily always, you know, true. And the technology changes enough that it, it doesn't necessarily matter. What you should be focusing on is your core skills, um, your people management and knowing how to interact with people so that you're not a troll. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody likes trolls. Nobody likes trolls. No, um, no. You know, I think it's important that people, people, you know, understand that business is really about people, right? And if you're in the business world or you're, you know, working for somebody else, you, you need to be aware of the fact that um, building relationships is probably 75% of, of, you know, what matters. So, you know, getting the work done is very important. Working hard is very important. But a lot of times, you know, there's a better way to do stuff if you collaborate as a team and you get stuff done together. And create those partnerships within and without. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. that's really big. And, and you hit it right on a key again. Um, this comes up every episode is relationships. Yeah. And that's that, that to me is really key. And I, I hear that over and over and over again in almost every single interview. And that's that's something that you really got to take advantage of. And um, it doesn't happen overnight. Nope. And people want to think that, but it doesn't. And to think that, um, everybody's going to connect through Facebook and LinkedIn. I don't think so. Yeah. And it's not always about personality even it's, it's, it's about well, how does this person want to interact? Right. Some people are visual, some people are auditory, right. Yeah. And you got the few kinesthetic people out there who just like to touch stuff. Um, and being able to identify that and, and it's not, you know, it's not difficult to do after a while, but you need to kind of learn how to do that. That's an important skill I feel like. Um, and you know, communication is huge, right? If you can't communicate effectively with people, it doesn't matter how good you are at your job as an individual contributor, you're going to fail because people need to know what you do and how you do it and how you help each other. Right. What's the one thing right now that's got you fired up about the future? I think, uh, the economy in Southeast Wisconsin is really firing on all cylinders. Um, I'm impressed with the impact that Foxconn has had. I'm excited about a lot of the technological changes that are coming. Um, I like the fact that Foxconn is, is on the forefront of that and that they're making the big investments that they are in the area. Um, the $100 million grant that they just gave for yeah. a research center is huge. Um, yeah, I know there's a lot of um, negative press too about you know the subsidies and that kind of stuff, but I feel like there's some trickling effects on other companies in the area and other people deciding now to invest in Wisconsin. One thing I worry about though is, is talent, right? So are there gonna be enough workers in the area to get you know into the roles that we need them to be in to do everything that needs to get done? 
That's so true. And I think that with, with that as well is that there's going to be a lot more small businesses that are going to yeah. be supporting these larger corporations. Um, just like we had, you know, we had Tower Road Mall, the A.O. Smith, Alan yeah. Bradley, all those yeah. smaller shops around there yeah. to, to, to support that big company. So I think that's going to take off as well. Yeah. yeah. I'm super excited about that. There's so yeah. much going on. Like we got the new arena down the block for yeah. me. I mean, like that was super neat. That concert there last night. So it's, there's a lot of really cool stuff that's going on. And I, I agree with you. I'm excited for it. Yeah. Well, let's see what yeah. it is, how it continues. And you're, you're right though. It was one of the biggest things is, you know, where's that talent pool come from? And I think this is a prime opportunity for our schools to step that up and create that for Yeah. yeah. I would agree with that. I think, you know, we, we probably as a community need to think about how we teach and train and all the rest of that as, as kids, you know, get used to this. I think, you know, the other, the other thing that I always get hot and bothered about is student debt, right? Um, I worked my way through school and I still had like 20 grand in student debt when I graduated. Um, so I always worry about, you know, the next kid who comes up, right? If he's got hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt, how the heck is he going to buy a house, right? He's going to spend his entire you know, first 10 years of his career, probably trying to pay down his debt. And that has implications for everybody. Um, so I, I do kind of wonder how much that model is going to change over the next 10, 15 years. And then on top of that, you've got a whole community within Milwaukee itself where people just don't even have, you know, fundamental reading skills and that kind of stuff. So that's all stuff that we need to start thinking about as a community too, right? It has nothing to do with gender or race or anything like that. It's all just, Hey, listen, <laughs> all of us need employees. All of us need coworkers that we can trust that are competent. Right. And where are the bodies going to come from? Right. I think, you know, I saw a statistic when I was looking or when I was at a, at a Fox kind of event that, um, Balber business partners hosted and, you know, Tim Shahey was the speaker and he mentioned that Milwaukee, even without Fox kind of coming to the area 20 years from now is a short, like 130,000 workers. I mean, wow. it's, it's a massive number, right? So you think about that kind of stuff. And, and one of the things that I've started to kind of get involved with is, okay, there's, there are schools out there that are trying to get, you know, underprivileged kids educated in, you know, a lot of the things that we probably take for granted within some of the suburban communities within Milwaukee. And so, you know, I've been trying to get a little bit more engaged with that kind of stuff because, you know, somewhat selfishly, but also just altruistically, right? I want to make sure that the community that I live in doesn't have a two-tier society or something like that. I mean, I, it sounds a little socialist, but it, it's also in my best interest as a business owner to be able to hire local if I can and get the best talent exactly. that I can, yes. right? right? And I, I don't know that I can compete with a Foxconn's benefit package, right? So I need to think about sort of, you know, abnormal ways of acquiring talent. And I think other people in the community kind of are starting to realize that, but it's not quite totally trickled through the, the you know, broader community yet. I think one peop one thing that I think uh, the younger generation is mini missing out on too is uh, the, the trades mm -hmm. and being able to either, whether it's HVAC, plumbing, electrical, or yeah, machinists like absolutely. that, get that apprenticeship and those companies will pay for your schooling and you'll make just as much, if not more than a four-year degree coming out. If you do the math on it, right? You look at student debt cost plus interest, you know, minus wages lost, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Listen to the finance guy yeah, here, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> For you kids out there listening to that, you yeah. know. Um, do, do the math and, and take a look at it, right? I mean, and, and understand that your student cost that you see in year one is not necessarily what it's going to be in year three and four. It, it, college tuition increases every year, generally speaking. And so, 
if you're looking at, you know, 20 grand a year in debt, you know, that's $80,000. That's a lot. That is that's a, a down payment on a house, yes, right? Easily. And, 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 you know, it will probably take you if you just do no interest at all, if it were a 0% loan, it'll take you eight, you know, $8,000 a year. That's a lot of your salary that's gone, gone yeah. every year. So I don't know. It's interesting. Nice. So how does one get a hold of you? How do you contact with you? Um, so you can, you can contact me through our website, which is uh, supportingstrategies.com forward slash Milwaukee. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. I think I am the other Mark Shannon. There's two of us. Uh, my last name is spelled S-C-H-A-N-E-N. Um, there's one that does marketing out in New York, and then there's me. So, um, and I believe I'm the only Mark Dash Shannon in uh, LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> Um, or else, uh, you can always, uh, get in contact with me, um, through any of the chamber of commerce or any of the other activities that I generally attend. Well, there you are. That's your website. Now I was yeah. looking at the main one. I was like, where's Mark? I yeah. found you. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can Google. I am pretty high up on the Google list. I think if you look at Milwaukee bookkeeping. There you go. All right. So this is part, part of the show the segment that, uh, we do some rapid fire questions. Great. So those are not on your list. Oh. Yeah, so you didn't, get, you, didn't, you didn't get to study for those. Good, because I didn't study. I was prepping for my fantasy football draft. Oh. <laughs> who, who do you want for your number one pick? Uh, well, we do a keeper league, so I've got two already that are pretty good. I've got um, Todd Gurley and Waddell Beckham. Oh, there so, you go. Yeah, I, um, nice. I got them both at a pretty hefty discount in the past. So, yeah. What, kind of, what quarterback do you want to get? I'm hoping for Aaron Rodgers, but we'll see. Yeah. What what uh, what pick are you? What, well, I'm 12. You're 12. I won last year, so I've got the last pick. Oh, I've got the I, snake I, draft pick, which is you know the 12th and 13th. It's pretty brutal. Yeah, I don't think you get Aaron Rodgers. No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before I get into asking you some rapid fire questions, you get to ask me one question about anything, and I'll do my best to answer it. Hmm. What's the one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self starting out? Wow. One piece of advice, find a mentor, find a mentor when you're high school, find a mentor in whatever you're looking to do, whatever your passion is. Um, and it doesn't matter whether you're getting paid to do the work or not. If you can go and just internship with someone and really learn from a person that's been there and done that and not think that you know everything mm -hmm. because you don't, you're, 18, 18 years old and I thought I knew everything and um, um, not even quite. And that's the one thing if I could find, if I was uh, mature enough to know, hey, go find yourself a mentor, go out there and look for someone to, to help you out and, and accept help. That would have been, that would have been my number one thing. Yeah, I had, I was fortunate. I had some really good mentors throughout my career. So, and it, and it started, I started getting my mentors when I joined the army. Yeah. And from there on, I realized, you know, surround yourself with good people yeah. and, and whatever you do. And that's, that's helped me out quite a bit from them, but it'd be nice to have that as at a very younger age. And, and I try to, um, work or talk to younger people now. And it, they, every once in a while I get a call from someone and they're looking to do this or do something in real estate or get involved in something else. And it, it's nice to be able to either help them or now with the network I've been able to create, refer them to someone that can help them mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. I know that they're going to be able to, to really help out. So that's been really been fun yeah. to be able to do that as well. Yeah. 
All right, my turn. Okay. All right. So, okay, we haven't asked this one in a while. What topic would you speak about if you were asked to give a TED talk not in your expertise? Can't be finance at all. Cannot be finance. How to brew beer. I brew beer for fun. Really? Yeah. What's your What's your favorite um, flavor or genre of beer? Generally, have? anything that comes out of a bourbon barrel is okay with me. Ooh. I tend to like the barrel age stuff. Okay. Um, and I tend to go darker. So I tend you, to be more of a... You didn't bring any with you, did you? No, I didn't. But I've got some back at home that's in a carboy if you want some later. I do. <laughs> I do. And I, I love bourbon. And there's this place on the south side of Milwaukee that does bourbon coffee. Yeah. Uh, Hawthorne coffee. And they they take the beans and they, they're in the barrel. And they you don't get... Obviously, you're not getting drunk off the coffee. But the flavor is really, really good. That sounds great. That's awesome. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see here. What do you believe in? What do you believe is true, even though you cannot prove it? Things work out in the end as long as you put effort into it and you work hard. I think uh, that's been true most of my life, and obviously I can't prove it. But um, whenever I put my shoulder to the wheel, it seems like if I just keep pushing, eventually it will work out. No doubt. I like that. Last one here. How has a failure or apparent failure sets you up for later success or what is one of your favorite failures in your life? Um, I would probably say, you know, when I decided I wasn't going to be pre-med and then, um, you know, I think when I first signed on with bank one, they were sort of a nobody bank and I had started interviewing with them. I was in the second round of interviews and that was when they hired Jamie Diamond. Um, who ended up being like, you know, one of the best hires ever for that, for that bank. Um, and if you don't know who he is, he's the current CEO and chairman for, um, for JP Morgan. He was a uh, very senior executive at city and helped put city together with Sandy Weill back in the day. And then, um, he was unceremoniously let go from city, spent two years on the sidelines. And then when he joined bank one, uh, that was a huge turnaround for them. So, you know, when I, when I first started interviewing for Bank One, I was convinced that I wasn't going to take it because I got caught in rush hour traffic on my way home from Chicago. And uh, I was like, wow, this is awful. I want nothing to do with this. And then they called me back for the second round of interviews. He got hired that same day. And, um, you know, I think I decided at that point when they extended the offer that I was going to take it. So it was, a, it was a right place, right time. Um, really sucked the first year. I'll be honest. It was awful. I was, you know, probably working 80 plus hour weeks. Um, so, you know, and it was, it was in the office world grunt labor, right? So you're like, you know, throwing together spreadsheets and financial schedules and other stuff. And it wasn't a ton of fun and it was high stress, but it was totally worth it. Nice. Very good. Very good. Y'all got to get through, get through those struggles to get to where you have to go and without them. And now everything that I learned there is sort of like intuition for me now. It's like automatic, right? It, it, it's, it's a case where you've built the muscle to the point where, you know, it instantly flexes memory. it needs yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. So. Very cool. All right, let's wrap this up. Any ask or request from the audience and any last parting words? Um, no, I guess I just, you know, I would say if you guys are ever in a situation where you own your own business and you're, a wash in paper and you don't really know how to get out of it, you know, feel free to reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk to you. Um, you know, worst case scenario, I give you some advice and 
it doesn't, you know, doesn't end up being a client engagement for me, but I'm always happy to talk to people about their business. I love learning about new businesses. It's uh, one of the things that gets me out of bed in the morning. Um, and uh, last words of advice, I would say, you know, uh, don't be afraid of change. Change is coming, whether you like it or not. Um, and you just need to learn how you cope with it. That's so true. I, I, I'm kind of uh, addicted to change almost too much because it's, I like new things, times and, and things like that. So that's really cool. Mark, thank you so much for being on Local First Podcast. I really enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you so much. Thanks. Let's keep the conversation going. You can find me by searching Local First Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Also head over to iTunes, subscribe, and leave some comments. You also have the opportunity to request to have a guest or topic for Local First Podcast. For any of the books or resources talked about on these episodes, head over to localfirstpodcast.com. Click on the resources tab. I also want to thank Exacta Corp for Studio One. Until next time, it's your host, Rob Kohansky.